every year at Swerve Church, we do this one-off message called, once again, 30-Second Theology, and it always takes place on Super Bowl Sunday. You see, every year, advertisers literally spend millions of dollars in order just to grab a little bit of your attention as you tune in to watch the big game. Because you see, whether you like football or not, the chances are that you probably tune in just to watch those commercials and advertisers know this. And they're going to pay big bucks in order just to grab 30 seconds of your attention through these commercials. So for us, here's what we're going to do here at Swerve. We're going to look at some of these commercials right here at Church Online. We're going to look at some of these commercials and we're going to see if we can pull out some spiritual truths. Here's what I think. I really believe that it's a a lighthearted, kind of a a fun and creative way to communicate some very important, hard-hitting spiritual truths from God's Word. Now, you know this. Some of the commercials are are funny. Uh, Other ones bring a little bit more of a serious tone. And and yet, again, there's some others that maybe bring tears to your eyes. So make sure you have some Kleenex close by. Because there's some of those that are really tugging at your heartstrings there. And so there's all these different types of commercials, but I really believe that we can pull out some serious spiritual truths from some of these commercials. So without further ado, let's jump into our first commercial right here that I really believe is going to teach us that we can have an abundant life in Christ. I just learned some jazz today, it's true. You just learned some jazz today, and you, you gon' learn, you gon' learn. It was just class one, went to three men from four, five step to the door, like, oh my gosh, just throw that cash in a backpack, run around the back and pull up the track, cause yo, couldn't believe them stories conceived for no reason. Please just go and leave them fake, is in season, but not pre them, cause nowadays. You couldn't find me like when them CCTV, then them see them trap program me. Better them try to go and see. Taking the heights like Andes, Andes, man, one step to me. Couldn't get the best of me, couldn't be the rest of me. Check one way, touch the brakes and go slow. Oh no, dust them out with the one quick solo. Boom. And that's number one, what I believe we can learn from this first commercial, that we can have an abundant life in Christ. You know, I love this commercial because it shows a guy who at first appears to be having uh, some sort of a regular, mundane, maybe even a little bit of a, a rough start to his day. But then he puts his AirPods in, right? And he's transported to a world where uh, the streets are his playground. His neighborhood is his playground. And all of a sudden, he's without a care. And he's just jumping all around, jumping with joy all throughout his community. Now, one of the worst possible images I believe that we can have about the church is that it is a stuck-up, boring, stick-in-the-mud place to be. The same thing I believe, believing that about the Christian life, 
that the Christian is a person that doesn't have any fun, who walks around with a long face all the time, and that is just simply miserable. I don't believe that has to be true about the church or about the Christian. I just refuse to believe that that's the type of life that Jesus gave up his life for. That a life with Jesus is supposed to be safe and boring? Absolutely no way. It just doesn't make sense. In fact, multiple times throughout scripture, Jesus talks about going ahead to prepare a place for us in heaven where there's these beautiful mansions and then and, and where there's streets of gold and, and he's preparing a banquet with the greatest food that you've ever tasted in all of your life. So the boring church and the boring Christian thing just doesn't fit his M.O. In fact, if you look at the very words of Jesus in John chapter 10, verse 10, he said these words right here. He said, a thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But what did Jesus come to do? He says, I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Now, some have taken uh, this verse and interpreted it to mean that Jesus wants to bless your pockets and he wants to expand your investments. But the abundant life that Jesus is talking about here transcends any sort of monetary blessing. In fact, it even transcends situational blessings. The peace, joy, and abundant life that Jesus gives us surpasses understanding and surpasses our conditional circumstances. So Jesus gives us an abundant life. And that means that church can be fun. And it means that your life as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, can be marked with joy and it can be marked with laughter. And then we can get excited about the fact that the joy that we experience now, it's only a fraction. It's only a little piece, a dim reflection, the Bible says, of the fullness of joy that we'll experience one day in all eternity in the arms of our Father. You need joy in your life now more than ever. You need laughter in your life. You need to smile beneath your mask, all right? People need to know that this is the joy of the Lord and that He's given us this joy and this laughter and that the Christian life is not a boring life. It doesn't have to be marked with boredom. It can be marked with life and an abundant life that Jesus gives us. Look at what Proverbs says. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22 says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Now, as we head into our next commercial, I really believe that it's going to teach us this very important truth. It's a little bit more of a serious tone of a commercial. And I think that we're going to learn that we are all one in Christ Jesus.
are one in Christ Jesus. You know, if 2020 has taught us anything, it has, it has brought to the surface the racism that has plagued our nation for far too long. The death of innocent black men and women sparked an outcry and rage among all sorts of people of all different nationalities and color to take a stand against the injustices. In fact, as a church last summer, we peacefully marched with many other churches and, and pastors and ministry leaders to take a stance against the racism and the injustice and to say that we are all made in God's image. We're all made in the image of God and therefore that means that we all have intrinsic value and self-worth. But of course, racism isn't anything new, not even just in our own nation's history, but even in the times of Jesus. This was a prevalent issue that plagued the society of the early church. Discrimination against a person because of their culture or their race or because of their background or ethnicity. And that's why Paul had to address this issue and explain that the gospel is the great equalizer. That before a holy and perfect God, we may look different, we may have different ethnicities, speak different languages, but we all have one thing in common, and that is that we all fall short before the glory of God. And this means that regardless of race, color, or nationality, we all need Jesus' work on the cross for forgiveness and for redemption. And, and, and once we accept God's free gift of grace in Jesus, we all become one. We become one family under Christ Jesus, all members of the family of God. We become a new family, one that's not classified by, by race or, or skin color or class, but by what we have in common, that we are loved, that we are redeemed by Jesus, that we are children of God. And that's why Paul said this in Galatians chapter 3, verse 38. He said that there is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, since you are all what? You are all one in Christ Jesus. There is clearly a problem in the world, but we have the solution and His name is Jesus. And in this area, as the church, as followers of Christ, we should be able to shine the light of Jesus bright when it comes to this particular issue in, in, in particular. We ought to be able to declare a message to the rest of the world that because of Jesus, because of who He is and what He has done, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And we ought to be able to put on display the love of Jesus and demonstrate the extent of the redemptive work of God through Jesus on the cross by how we relate to one another, especially those who are of a different nationality or ethnicity, background, or color. Can you imagine the love of Jesus so put on display that it would be completely undeniable to the rest of the world because we as followers of Christ and as the local church live as one in Christ Jesus. Can you imagine the impact that it would make? Now for this next commercial, uh, we're going to look at uh, the advancements of technology. And I think what we're going to learn is that we can use what we have for the sake of the gospel. Check it out. Alexa, turn down the thermostat. Okay, turning down thermostat. Ready? Huh. Here we go. What do you think people did before Alexa? Alexa, turn the temperature down two degrees. Thank you, dear. Alexa, tell me a joke. 
jokes. Um, God, you think I know loads? Look at me. <laughs> Next. News. Get your news here. Alex, what's today's news? Doesn't matter. It's all fake. Al, <laughs> <laughs> play that song I like. Al, next song. Alexei, tell us something interesting. Okay. The earth is flat, and a witch stole his pants. Yeah. Aleximus, send this message to Prince Constantine. Alicia, remind me to delete those tapes. Yes, Mr. President. I ain't deleting. Yeah, I don't know what people did before Alexa. Alexa, play my favorite song. <laughs> Number three, we can use what we have for the sake of the gospel. You know, technology has changed rapidly just in the past few years. In fact, I still remember dial-up internet. Anybody else remember that? Some of you are probably too young to even remember. You used to have to wait like 15 plus minutes before you can even get online. Uh, and by the way, if you wanted to get online, you, you couldn't use the phone. It, it would take up your phone line. So you couldn't use the phone and vice versa. You, you couldn't get on the internet if somebody was on the phone. I didn't have my first cell phone until I was out living on my own already. And at that time, they used to charge you 10 cents per text. I used to get furious when somebody would send me a, a text message. And, and don't even mention the phone calls. If you were going to call me, make sure you made it quick. There wasn't no unlimited minutes. You had to pay for them suckers, all right? So you better talk quick if you had to talk to me on the phone or call me after 9 p.m. when the minutes were free. So let's just think about how much technology has advanced just in five, 10 years or so has advanced in such a short period of time. And now we talk to robots all the time, right? And years, just not, not that long ago, we would have been considered crazy. But now the chances are you probably have an Alexa or a Google or a Siri that you talk to all the time just to ask the time or check the weather. And this would have been considered absolutely crazy not that long ago. You know, as followers of Christ, we have been trusted with a very old message. The message of how immense God's love is for you and for me is a lot older than anybody that is watching this right now. It's an old message. The good news that Jesus paid the penalty for our sins by dying on the cross and that he conquered the grave to give us forgiveness and, and make us a new creation is an old message that God has entrusted us to deliver. And God has given us the what. We know what the message is. We know the good news. He's given us the what, but he hasn't necessarily given us the how. He's left the how up to us. And we have a responsibility to deliver the gospel message to a world in a desperate need of the hope of Jesus. And as our culture grows more and more secular, we have to come up with creative ways to proclaim an old message in a new way. You know, Paul used the technology of his day. Check out this verse from Galatians chapter 6, verse 11. He says, Look at what large letters I used to write to you in my own handwriting. You see, Paul's technology was the original email, pen and paper. Paul would also quote popular sayings of his day. He would reference well-known philosophers 
all in, in an effort to reason with the audience in a way that was culturally relevant. And as a church, we say that we will do anything short of sin to reach people far from God. And this means that we recognize that we have a responsibility to communicate this timeless and never-changing truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ, but that we can do so in a way and with whatever is available to us. Paul said it this way also in, uh, in 1 Corinthians. Check it out. He said, I have become all things to all people so that I may by every possible means save some. Now I do all this because of the gospel. What if we took on this attitude? What if we saw everything that we have available to us as a tool or a resource to be used for the glory of God and for the advancement of the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ? What if we used, you know, your laptop? What if you used your laptop? What if you used your cell phone? What if you looked at your, your platforms or your social media accounts, your smart TV, your iWatch and your iPad? What if you saw all these things as tools and resources that God has give, given you in order to advance the kingdom of God, in order to share the gospel? Imagine using the technology available to us, not just for our own self-serving reasons, but for the sake of the gospel. What if God has uniquely placed you in this moment in history, in this time, in order to have the greatest possible impact? Now, here's the last commercial that we're going to look at today. And I think it's going to teach us a very valuable lesson. And that is that life is short, so we need to make it count. Check it out.
life is short, so make it count. If 2020 and this whole pandemic thing has taught us anything, it's taught us that life is fragile. Life is extremely delicate. And tomorrow isn't promised to anyone. In the blink of an eye, you could be entering into eternity to meet your maker. And that's why I really love the message of this commercial and the message that it delivers, which is essentially that life is delicate, so we should cherish every moment. We should focus on what matters the most. Look at what James says in James chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. He says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will travel to such and such a city and spend a year there and do business and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be. For you are like a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Now, I don't know about you, but I know for me personally, it can be so easy to focus and to give all my energy and attention to things that simply do not matter. You know, it's like a a mega magnet. Those tend to be the things that draw our affections and draw our attention. And when they do, it's easy to develop a sense of anxiety or worry around these lesser important things. But if we put into perspective what James says here and what's communicated in other parts of Scripture, that life is but a vapor or a breath. And if that's the case, then why not live your life with a purpose and a greater vision than simply trying to fulfill whatever you personally want? Why not live your life with meaning and leave behind a godly, God-honoring legacy? You know, life is short. So instead of worrying your head on the temporary issues of today, ask the Holy Spirit to give you an eternal perspective. And with that corrected perspective, maybe you can take a look at the things around you and it can help foster an attitude of gratitude for what you do have and for the blessings that are currently before you instead of focusing on what you don't. What if we lived our lives in light of eternity? What if we realized that our life is short. So we should focus on what truly matters. So as we conclude our time today in uh, in this uh, portion of the service, I just want to invite you guys to let's pray these four spiritual truths into our lives. These four things. Let's, Let's pray them and let's really earnestly ask the Holy Spirit to help us to grow in these areas. Would you join me? Lord, I pray that you would help us to live an abundant life in Christ. Jesus, you didn't give your life for a safe, boring Christian, but that we can have an abundant life in you, God, a life full of laughter and joy. Thank you that we are one in Christ. And so I pray that you would help us to reflect oneness to our community and our neighbors in a world that is hurting in a world that is full of hate. God, I pray that the church and that us as followers of Jesus, that we would be known for the love for one another. Help us to use what we have for the sake of the gospel. It's so easy to look at the resources that are in our pockets and in our hands even right now as I speak and to see them uh, as only self-serving objects. What if we were able to utilize what you've given us right here and right now in this moment for the advancement 
of the message of Jesus Christ. God, help us do that. Help us see that and help us utilize what we have for your glory and for your kingdom's sake. Lord, help us understand the brevity of life and to make our lives count. God, that we are here today and perhaps gone tomorrow. Nobody's promised tomorrow. So God, I pray that we might be able to make the most of each and every single day as your word teaches us, and that we might live our lives in light of eternity and seeking to fulfill your desire and to accomplish your will. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.